All right, well, let's start with a word of prayer. And, um, are there any? Oh, I can do it with these All right. Alright, so we ended up uh, where today we're going to look at the whole picture of the Bible, to look at it uh, in its completeness, and uh, but to understand the whole of it, that we might understand the parts of it. So did anybody do their puzzle last night? Try. Attempts? We had attempts. What about the UTs? Yeah. So obviously nobody finished it. Okay. All right. So what did you experience when you worked the puzzle? <laughs> Besides total frustration. And Nick, I had to say, I said, I think I've created a lot of frustrated people. And I think Nick might be the most frustrated. <laughs> uh, so, but there were some things, right, that, that kind of went together, didn't it? And it felt pretty good. And like I say, you can get it all but one piece. Right? Um, so what would have been extremely helpful? Picture. The picture of it, the finished picture, wouldn't it? You could have kind of looked at it and then could have arranged things. Uh, now, if somebody does finish the puzzle, I want you to take a picture of it. Because then I, I'm kind of curious if once you have the picture, how quick you can put the puzzle together from the picture. But, you know, it's kind of like the Word of God, which you're going to find, like, with a lot of doctrines or teachings, is there'll be pieces that are put together, and they fit. But they really don't fit with the whole picture. But they'll teach doctrine, and they'll just, you know, put stuff around it. And so you got to be really careful of that. Dispensations, that's our big word. It's seeing the whole of the Bible. Uh, and Esther, last night, asked the definition of dispensation. So I, I pulled up one theological uh, definition. It's a stage in the progressive revelation of God constituting a distinctive stewardship or rule of life. But this morning, you're going to get a more clear definition in your mind. And I think you're going to be surprised how well you already understand what dispensations are. Are you ready? I don't know if you can read those too good up there. <laughs> this is kind of like, the, you know, when an engineer, you do a napkin sketch. This is the napkin preaching here. Um, so, we have the growth stages of physical mankind. Now, I just put some of these numbers to it. You could argue some of the ages here. But you have infants, the infant stage, zero to one. Toddler, one to three. Primary, three to seven. Elementary, seven to 12. Teenage, 13 to 20. Then you have adulthood, and then you have 
end of life. And so those are kind of stages. You all understand those stages, right? Now I've changed the wording a little bit here for dispensation. A stage in the progressive revelation of raising children constituting a distinct way that they are expected to behave. Make sense? All right, we know about these, about children. So I put some labels on these uh, ages. For infants, I put naked and perfect, you know. Uh, toddlers, I do it myself. And we probably have a few other names in that uh, realm. And we have a lot of those right now. Primary, uh, three to seven, school basics. That's kind of, these are just kind of things I think about in that generally in that age. Uh, elementary, what I want to be when I grow up. Now, that was a time I, I'd like to find it again. We may have it where I wrote my, I think it was an autobiography. And it had what I wanted to do. Now, I think it was like third grade, you know. And those grades, you start to see the world. I want to be this. I want to be that. And uh, I was going to be a farmer. I think I had some horses, and I had pigs on my farm. And uh, so it's kind of crazy to think about because I really never became that. Um, but then we have the teenage years. I believe I am all grown now. <laughs> and then adulthood, regrets, repentance, reality, and responsibility. And then the end of life, it's a recompense of rewards for losses for what we've done. So everybody's followed those so far? All right, let's look at a little detail. The infants. Maybe you can add something to this, but I put they begin with just total dependency. Uh, it grows into some independency. Um, there's a milk diet, uh, a thrive uh, to be held close. Babies just need to be held close and tight. Anything else about that stage that you can think of comes to mind? Right. Until they get to that next stage there. But sometimes they cry, don't they? And they don't even know, know why. Anybody else want anything to add to that stage of life? Now, one of the things we want to we'll see here. There's a lot of little details and things might come to your mind, and that's, that's great. Um, but as we go from one stage to the other, it's not necessarily a clean cut. There's transitional things that happen. Um, not all kids begin to walk at one year old, do they? Um, some earlier, some, some later. Um, just different things. So there's, it's not like, uh, you know, this totally gets turned off and this totally gets turned on. It, it kind of moves, moves through. Let's look at the next stage. The I do it myself stage. Now, I look at this, it's just, to me, it's an extreme age of, of growth. I mean, of things that they're, they're just, they're growing, they're learning. Um, they go from crawling to walking, um, hopefully potty training at this age. 
you know, and I'll say this, you know, it's good that you get to the next stage. It's always bad when you're still in the before stage, but in the next stage. But, you know, it's different with different kids, isn't it? They begin to understand right and wrong at this age. The simplistic of that. It's also the highest time of correction, I would say, like from a physical standpoint. And children get corrected all the time, but this is the time when they get the, the wax. You know, um, they learn selfishness at this stage, don't they? You, you go out there and you look at that age and this is mine. They, they really struggle uh, with those things. Um, and the never-ending why stage. Why this? Why that? Um, and some of you, you know, as you're seeing, as you're going through these stages, you'll, you'll recognize some of the temper tantrums. What do we call this stage? I, if I didn't call it, I'd do it myself. I might call it what? Terrible twos and threes. It's a, ter it's a terrible time. I mean, we kind of all know that. It's kind of known. If you went throughout the world, they'd probably say, yeah. They know what the terrible twos are like. All right. Ages three to seven, they start generally going to school. They learn numbers, letters, the basics, reading, writing. Um, they begin to get in larger group environments at this point, and they get to socialize. And as you see how they, it's kind of interesting to watch the kids how they socialize. <laughs> um, there's also authority outside the home that begins to happen here. You know, you get them out of school, they have to learn to obey others, where before they were pretty much in the house, mom and dad, but now they go out and, hey, they, they need to also obey others. Um, they begin to see the, the world begins to influence them at this age. Um, if, you, if you went to schools, you know, all the kids know the movies, they have the, you know, look at the, you know, what's some of the TV shows that they have? Uh, big ones that your kids... Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Um, Paw Patrol. You know, they're, they're getting that influence. They're starting to bring in and seeing that picture uh, a little bit bigger, and they want those kind of things and those lunch boxes and all that sort of stuff. Um, by now, it's kind of interesting. At this age, they have a full diet, don't they? They pretty much can eat about anything. And then communications. You may not have thought about this, but, you know, before that, communications are kind of rough. You talk to some of the kids and the young, you know, you got to say, you got to ask mom and dad, what did they say? <laughs> <laughs> and in some cases, mom and dad, I have no clue. <laughs> but at this age, they're pretty much making themselves known, and they can socialize. It's a big time of language, communication. Anybody want to add anything else to this age that they see? Yeah. So like to please their parents? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's the 
And what's mom and dad's answer? Because. <laughs> Andy. Yeah, they, they, they can play independently, um, you know, some more than others, but yeah, they can uh, figure some things out on their own. Gotcha. Yeah, you still have to follow along, but I guess you still have to. Okay, now let me ask you a question. Do you treat children in this age the same way you treat them in, an, in the before ages? Each one, you deal with them in a different manner that's growing them. Okay? All right, elementary age. That's where what I want to be when I grow up. The world, they start to begin to see the bigger picture. You know, there is a world out there. That might be where they have pen pals and people in other countries. I, I don't know. That's some of the things I did and I remember doing in school. Um, you begin thinking of the future. Um, Competition starts to come in. You get graded. You know, before grades were kind of like, I think that in my day it was satisfactory, needs improvement, uh, <laughs> you know, three basic things, you know, and any kids didn't really worry about, but now you're getting grades, you know, and you're taking that report card home. Um, it's a large growth in learning, and it's time where it just seems like the kids' world is just. It's, it's expanding. You know, anybody want to add anything else to that age? Okay. Teenage age. <laughs> I was just talking about AJ, with AJ, about some of my teenage Hall of Shame stuff I used to do. <laughs> Sneaking in lakes and fishing where I didn't, getting shot at, um, pulling in fish, didn't realize people were camping right there and they come out of their um, tents and, you know, we're hauling out of there, um, fishing, skipping school and fishing and uh, getting caught by the police and all those sort of fun things, you know, at the teenage years. Um, but a lot of things that I see in the teenage years is, uh, Self-esteem extremes. You'll see kids that are nobody likes, you know, just down and just just extreme. There's no self-esteem, and then you got the ones who just think they're it, you know. And uh, it's it's funny watching it. They're all kind of the same, um, you know. And you have to admit, I was. I was there, did the same things. I mean, it just depends kind of who you are and what your situation was. I remember going into Chick-fil-A, and this boy, he had these, man, he just really thought he's something. He had these stupid-looking big old colored glasses on, like he's something, and smiling at thinking, you look like an idiot. <laughs> but that's just the age. I mean, baseball, you know. You go out there, and you may not be very good at baseball, but I've seen guys, and then they wear the black and, you know, and everything, and just, 
rest to the nines and I mean, you see it in golf. Golf is really funny because after you get pretty decent at golf, you kind of watch and you see people and they're, they're all dressed up just perfect and you're like, they ain't any good. <laughs> they get up on a tee and you know, whack one in the pond or something. So you get these extremes there. They become independent from parents, you know. They're smarter than parents. They get the friends of the world involved uh, at that time. And these are some of the things you need to be careful of when they get in there. It doesn't have to be like this. There's some really good uh, young people. Um, but I think a lot of mistakes that are made in churches is like they get into youth groups and, and instead of growing them up, I mean, understand they have energy and there's things to do, but sometimes they just promote silliness with them. And that just feeds into uh, immaturity, should I say. Um, it's a time of large mistakes, accidents, kids, I mean, fatal accidents. I'm sure you've seen more than your fair share of those. Um, relationship things that are that happen during those years. There's a lot of irresponsibility and regrets, a lot of self-centeredness, a lot about seeking the joy. Everything's about having fun. Um, they become lawyers at this age. Um, they're finding loopholes in everything to get what they they want. You know, mom and dad. I, uh, you know, you remember you. You said this, you know, and they're presenting their case to, to get what they want or justify what they did, you know, by using the lawyer jog, jargon. Um, we were reading a book. I forget what it was, but uh, it was, the parent was saying he made up some new rules. Uh, he had foster children, and a lot of them were at older, and you can imagine what these kids were like. And he said, he said they gave him one rule to honor them. So that kid hated that because he wanted to know what the rules were. Because once you know the rules, all you, that's all you have to do is follow the rules and you can do pretty much whatever you want. But to honor your parents, Paul, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty rough. But they become more. Does anybody want to add anything else into that age? Is it a bad age? It's a progressive growth age. It's just the next age. Is there different rules become at that age? Sure. Different rules, different way of living. Then you get to adulthood. Uh, now this is where you're all going to sigh. You know, it's like going to work every day. <laughs> Much responsibility. Just tons of things to do. It's a time of humility. You know, one of the things, if, if you're growing, you know, in the previous age, you thought you knew everything. But it seems like when you get older, you realize how little you know. Um, it's, it's humbling. Um, there's little time for self. Um, I hope you all get some time for yourselves out here in this, this place. You have to do some things and enjoy yourself. But it's, it's rare. Um, but you do see the joy, if, if you're maturing right, of living for others. 
you know, to be a blessing to others and, and to work with others. There's, there's a joy in that. Um, and, and actually, it's a fulfilling thing. But there's aging parents <laughs> and dealing with those situations. I'm really going to make it hard on my kids. <laughs> I'm going to even pretend some things. <laughs> um, but that happens. Uh, you're raising a family. Uh, you're gathering for, for future needs. You kind of woke up and said, oh, you know, I see what this end looks like. I need to be taking care of some of these things and working toward this. Um, you actually have goals, and you make sure you try to meet them. Um, the spiritual emphasis, you realize, you know, hey, this is this life. There's There's a... An eternal life. You know, the age before they kind of teenagers kind of live like there's no no end. But you realize it. So you have an emphasis. Church is involved. Anybody want to add anything else? Any other sorrows to this thing <laughs> that you're going through? All right. Last stage. The end of life. Recompense means to what you get because of rewards or or loss uh, how did your children turn out I tell you, it becomes a tough stage when, when your children start leaving the house I mean there's nothing more you really can do it's what's done is done your grandchildren how well have you done that it, it impacts the grandchildren and where are they going? Some some people will be okay with one generation. I'll just see the next generation go down the tubes. How is your health? Now, granted, God gives us our health. I mean, there's some things it's just how it is. But you know, there's there's things that uh, that you can do to stay healthy, or you can just be totally irresponsible about it, and then you have issues. How is your respect? Do people respect you from how you've lived, or do they have disrespect? And we go up to uh, close to home, and you know, you meet these people and you, you enjoy them, you be, you care for them, but a lot of them are sitting in there and really, not too many people care for them, and you, you kind of want to feel sorry for them. But my guess is. There's a reason. And you find some stories later on, like mom will have, well, it was one of the family members came up, and what did she say about? He lies. How are you loved? How is your finances? Sometimes, you know, you get irresponsible and you don't have anything, or you're responsible and you have some things uh, for life. How did you, how did you view Christ? And that's the, one of the most, that is the most important thing. Is, is he your Savior? Have you trusted him as your Savior? How, do you, how did you view, view him? And then how did you live your life? You know, at the time of, of all this. So, as I mentioned before, you have eternity on the front end because 
The Bible tells us we were in His mind before we were even in the womb. God knew us. I can't explain that. It's unexplainable. God doesn't allow us to understand. I've, I think maybe more deep than I should about some things. And I've, I've had my mind where I've started to try to think about that. And it really disturbed me. It, it really started to sh shake my faith because it's not something you can really understand. It's not good for us. God doesn't give us a lot. Of, he lets us know that this is how it is. But to try to understand that where we're at, it just it, it will really mess you up. And then we have an eternity future. We're going to live somewhere forever. I liked what uh, I think it was the book that you were reading uh, on Sunday. And uh, it talked about a well-known preacher, kind of been John R. Rice or somebody, and he's in his desk, and he's got his head down, and the door opens, and uh, he doesn't look up, apparently, and, and some uh, girl comes in and says, uh, you know, I'm going to kill myself. And, and uh, he doesn't look up, and he says, something, you can't do that. And just, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. And he said, uh, you know, I'm afraid uh, you, you can't do that. And she said, yes, I will. And he looked up and he said, you can't do it. You are going to live somewhere forever. And so we have this eternity. I know we like to talk about it, and the Bible tells us it's eyes have not seen, your ears heard, but we still can't conceive it. And in silliness, some people think that there's going to be uh, the biggest lake ever with the biggest fish and fishing and, you know, the best golf course, you know, uh, the greatest farm ever, <laughs> you know, whatever. Thinking it's not going to be in those terms, but it's really hard to, to understand. There won't be any sin when we hit eternity. God will not have not even one sin. It will not be there. So it's hard to understand that, but we do have the understanding here in between. So, later this afternoon, we're going to talk about this. The dispensa dispensations, growth stages of biblical history. What theologically is said a dispensation, and you're going to see that it parallels exactly <laughs> these things in our life. So you really already understand you can understand it through the growth of your children, how this is. And then we're going to see those growth stages biblically in biblical times to see the, the whole picture. All right. Anybody have any questions or thoughts or something on their mind they want to talk about? Pretty, pretty easy teaching. Pretty hard reading, it looks like. <laughs> um, all right. If not, Brother... Tim Reader, would you close us in prayer?
Dismissed.